0: Thanks, Rick, for that great testimony. What a great way to introduce our theme for this morning, that you and I have been chosen to be different. You and I have been chosen to be holy. And so we're going to be looking at that today. I want to start off today by asking a question. Do you remember at school or on the playground or on the sports field where you were playing a game of soccer or netball, whatever it was, and your coach decide that they're going to choose two people, one on the left, one on the right. There's normally the, the, the captain and the vice captain, the, the two best players. And then they get told, listen here, what you need to do now is populate your team by choosing people that are waiting to play. And so that we'd all wait and they'd start to choose their friends and the other, the, the other kids that are really good at the sport. And then they'll get to the middle sections, kind of the kids that, that aren't good, but they're not bad. And so they're okay to be in the team and, and get to the end of uh, the selection process. And normally it's like pulling hens' teeth, you know, trying to pick somebody for your team. And and I always remember um, when I was there uh, in those times that we get to the end and uh, one of the two would say, and there'd be two people left. And one of the two would say, why don't you just take both of them? (laughs) Why don't you just take both of them? It's better for you to have both of them. And all he's trying to say is I don't want either of them. And you know, you remember how you felt in that moment where you were being chosen you know you're probably i don't know about you but sometimes i would sit there and think man i'm sure they're going to choose me before this this guy next to me he's got two left feet his name's larry and he's two left feet larry and i'm sure that they're going to choose me before him or you have fiona next year and she falls over everything so we used to call her fall over everything fiona and you know what the thing is is surely they're going to choose me before her and then there's always this guy or girl in your class that nobody really knows. And we're not too sure what they're doing there. But they're always in your class. And surely they're going to choose him before me. And I'm not so sure if this brings back good or bad memories for you. But remember that feeling of wanting to be chosen. You know, as adults, we do the same thing. We have this desire to be chosen. You know, when you finish school and you apply to a varsity, what do you want? You want the varsity to choose you. It carries on and you finish your studies and then you start to apply to businesses and, and jobs and you're looking for a job. But there's certain companies, you're hoping that they would choose you. And as you get older and your kids grow up and, and uh, they get married and now there's in-laws and secretly we don't share t- t- uh, too much with, with with other people, but secretly we're hoping that our kids will, help, will love us more. They'll choose us more than the other set of parents. And then I know grandparents, because you tell me these things, is that um, when you have grandkids, you always hope that your grandkids will choose you as their favorite grandparents. And so we have a desire to be chosen. I think we have a desire to be chosen because when you are chosen by somebody, you feel loved, you feel important, you feel valued. And it gives purpose to your life. And so we're going to go there today and we're going to look at a portion of scripture, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. And you can turn there um, and I'm sure it's going to be on the screen. And let's read it together because Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 reads as follows. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ even before he made the world listen to that even before God had made the world God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes you see when you start to look at Ephesians chapter 1 particularly verse 4 and you start to understand that before God created anything he loved you and he chose you and that's a, a phenomenal thought can you believe that before time before this world was made God had you in mind God was thinking about you today God wanted to love you but more importantly God has chosen you I know that as we start off by looking at being chosen, the first thing I want to make sure we understand is that God first chose us. You may be looking at this and saying to me, Nick, you know what? I'm sure I chose God. I'm sure there came a point in my life where I made a decision to invite Jesus into my life, and surely I chose him. I want to say to you that the Bible teaches it the opposite the way around. The Bible teaches us that God, driven by love, initiated. The choosing of you and me and then revealed himself to us and then we in turn chose him. You see Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us whilst we were sinners. You see this portion of scripture clearly tells us that you and I whilst we were rebellious, whilst we were far from God, whilst we had no intention to serve God or to choose God. God died for us through Jesus Christ. And by doing that, he chose you and he chose to love you and pour love over your lives and bring you into his his family and to give you life. And you see, the thing is, is that the initiative was driven by God to choose you first. You may say to me, Nick, I'm not too sure I really understand that. I want to tell you it in a story because it might help you understand it. You see there was this boy and he worked in a coffee shop and one day as uh, the door opens a girl walks in and he looks at this girl as she comes in and he goes I'm going to marry that girl she didn't even notice him she went to another teller and she got her coffee and she left but the next day when she came in he was ready for her and he had four vouchers for free complimentary coffees. And he was very clever because what he did on these vouchers is he wrote that these vouchers are only redeemable on certain days, certain times. And those were the days that he was there. And so she started to redeem these vouchers, one a week, one a week. And every time she came in, he would serve her and she would start to notice him. And they began to talk. And after the fourth free complimentary coffee, he asked her out and she said, yes. And in her mind, you see, she's thinking that she chose him. But in fact, he chose her a long time before she chose him. He revealed himself to her and she chose him, but he chose her first. And that's exactly what God has done for you and for me. You see, in eternity past, before the creation of the world, God knew about you. and God chose you. And there's a reason why God chose you and we're going to be unpacking that a little bit this morning and we're going to be looking at that over the next four weeks. But what was the reason? Why did God choose you before the creation of the world? And I do want you to this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whatever time you're watching, I want you to personalize this because it's easy for us to to sit there and go, yeah, God chose man. God chose everybody. Yes, God did. But those everybody's are made up of you's and me's. So God chose you this morning. Before the creation of the world. And he chose you to do three things. And we're going to look at that very briefly. The first one is. He chose to love you. You see Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 clearly says to us. That God loved us and chose us. You know John 3.16. For God so loved the world. You see God in his initiative to choose us was driven by love. A love for us. And so that is an amazing truth that you and I need to understand because the reason why this is such an important truth to understand is because when you realize that before the creation of the world before you've done anything before you were a good person a holy person a nice person a skilled person a bad person a, a can't do much but whatever person you were before you were anything God chose to love you and so that means this for you and for me is that because God chose to love us not based on merit, not based on our performance. God's love is set because he loves us. You see, here's the point. You and I often equate our, our value to be loved by what we do, by who we are and what we offer people. Most of our relationships, the love that, that is associated with is linked to one of those things. One of those things go away and the person doesn't love you anymore. The person doesn't want to be your friend anymore. The person doesn't want to be married to you anymore. But you see, God's not like that. Because before you could do anything, before you could impress him in any way, he'd already loved you. This should free you. This is a very fundamental truth that I want you to settle in your spirit today. Because so many Christians walk around wondering whether God really loves them. Whether they've really been good enough, whether they've had enough quiet times, whether they've prayed enough. And does God love me because I'm not, maybe not the right kind of Christian that I should be? Whatever, whatever is in your mind that you don't feel worthy enough, or there's not enough merit for God to love you. And you look at other people and you think, well, God must love them because look at everything they're doing. I want to say to you today that God's love has got nothing to do with merit. God's love has got to do with the fact that he's chosen you. You see, merit, uh, we often confuse love and obedience. You see, God loves you. Because he's chosen you. Yes, when you're obedient, he blesses you. But his love is not linked to obedience. His love is linked to the fact that he's chosen you. Obedience brings blessing. And so I want to ask you today, if you're struggling to really get to grips with the fact that God loves you, I want to, and I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, that you would set people free. That The, the truth that God loves you, not because of your merit, because he chose you as to be his. That that will settle in your heart. That you'll never feel unworthy. That you'll never feel that you're missing the mark. That you don't, don't have the merit to merit God's love. That you haven't done anything, the things that, that, that you think are important that will make God love you. God loves you because he chose you before the beginning of time. The second important thing about why God has chosen us is because he wants us to be his. He wants us to belong to him. When you look at the word of God in 1 Peter, chapter one, uh, sorry, it's chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. Let me read it to you. But you are like this, and this is what he says: You are, you who are watching today, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and this is what I'm, what I want to emphasize a little bit here: God's very own possession. You see, when God chose you before the beginning of time, He chose you because He wants you and me to be His. He wants us to belong to Him. I was reading a. Uh, an article during the week and strangely enough it was I don't know why I read it but I read it and it was about orphans and that article was about why is it so important for an orphan what is the desire behind an orphan wanting to have a family wanting to have parents the interesting thing is this is that they said that the biggest desire for an orphan to want to be in a family is because they're in a family they belong they belong to somebody they're not just floating through this world aimlessly not belonging anywhere, but if they are adopted into a family, they belong. You see the Bible tells us that's what God did for you and for me, that he adopted us as sons and daughters so that we are his, his treasured possession, that we belong to him. It's interesting to look at this this concept about belonging. I went and looked at it and I thought what benefits are there really to belonging to somebody or to something or to a family? So the psychologists tell us that there's many benefits, but there were four primarily that came out. And the first one is this, that when you belong to somebody, when you belong to a family, you have less stress and anxiety because you have a support structure around you. You have more confidence because you have a support structure around you that is encouraging you and are with you as you are reaching out to do more things. The third thing is this, you're far more adaptable to change and resilient within change and challenges. Again, because you've got a support structure behind you. And the last one which I found was, was interesting is that people are more hopeful. Once you are belong to a family or to a person, you are more hopeful, filled with more joy and more peace. Again, for the very same reason, that you have a support structure. I looked at this and I was thought that's exactly what God has done for you and for me. You see, when he chose us before the beginning of time to belong to him, to be his treasured possession. One of the, the outworking of that in our lives today. Is because we belong to him. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in anxiety. The Bible tells us that he provides all our needs according to the, his riches in glory. Jesus says to us, don't worry about today. Let today worry about itself. I will, I will care for you. And so before, because you belong to God. Your anxiety and your stress should go. The second thing that, that was so important when I looked at this was I realized that you and I should be confident because of who God is. The Bible tells us I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I belong to him, I can be confident because he's with me. I can go through the changes of life and the challenges of life and I can adapt to them. And I can be resilient through them because my Bible tells me that the God who I belong to will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll give me the strength I need through the valleys he's with me. And I can be full of hope and full of joy and full of peace because of God who is with me. He's my support structure and I belong to him. The third thing that is important that we want to focus on about being chosen is that you and I are chosen for purpose. When you look at Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 to 4, it's, it's interesting and I want to show you this because um, you'll see it quite, quite quickly. It says here, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy. Some versions say, so that we will be holy. And so, when you start to see that God chose us because He loves us, because He wants us to belong, but the third thing is that He wants us to have purpose because the so that or would be implies that He chose us to do something, He chose us to be something, He chose us to make a difference. And we're going to be looking at that over the next four weeks because that's what this whole series is about. That God has chosen you. And this, today we're going to say that God has chosen you to be holy. He's given you purpose to be holy. Next week we're saying God has chosen you to serve Him. He's given you purpose, that is to serve Him. God has chosen you on Easter Sunday to live and to live again because that is abundant life. And then on the, the, the week after Easter, we're going to be looking at God has chosen you to make a difference in this world, gives you purpose. And so when you start to understand that before the creation of the world, God loves God wants you to belong but he's also given you purpose. He wants you to do things. You see a lot of times I think we get this wrong because we misunderstand purpose. Most of us our lives look like this. We get up in the morning. We get our kids ready or you get ready for school. You get ready for varsity and then you go through your day and you do what you need to do and you come home and not much time and you're getting the kids done or you're getting your homework done or you're getting your varsity work done and then before you know it, it's time to go to bed and you're watching something on Netflix and, or you're playing Xbox or whatever it is and reading a book and then you go to bed and then you wake up and the cycle continues and weekends come and you just want to chill out cause you're so tired and, and you may sit back at times and go, man, is this life, is this my purpose for my life? And you see where we go wrong is we listen to the world. The world tells you that you must be happy. That the purpose of your life is to be happy. The purpose of your life is to make money. And the purpose for your life is to enjoy yourself. And that is so far from the purpose that God has for your life. And we, as we look through these next four weeks, I want to encourage you to challenge your view. And to start to embrace the real purpose why God has chosen you. Uh, with these four topics that we're going to cover. You see, this is where we get it wrong. You see what God tells us. God tells us that if you follow my purpose. Because my purposes are around my kingdom. All of them are about his kingdom. So when you follow his purposes, you're building his kingdom. And you know what Matthew chapter 6 says. Matthew chapter 6 says that if you seek first the kingdom of God, I'll add all these things to you. So the world tells you that you must have all these things added to you. That's your purpose. The Bible says, yes, God will give that to you. But there's another purpose that gets you to that place. And that is by seeking and building God's kingdom first. And so we're going to look at purpose a little bit today. The first thing that we are going to look at is God has purposed you and chosen you to be holy. When you look at this word holy, it simply means to be different. That's all it means. It means that God has set you apart. He's taken you, He's 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 grabbed you and He's put you somewhere else. And He said, I want you to be different from the norm. The best application for you and for me today. Is that when God is saying to you, I want you to be holy, I've called you to be holy, I've chosen you to be holy. He says, I'm taking you out of a world system, a way the world system thinks, the way the world system acts. And I'm putting you on another side there and I'm making you totally different to this world. That's what holiness is. Holiness is very practical. I think a lot of time we think that holiness is associated with our spirituality, with our quiet times, and the the way we worship, and reading the word, and doing ministry, and that makes us holy. Yes, that does make us holy because it makes us different. But the way you live your life and the way you think every day of your life, if you are different to the world and you align that to the word of God, then you're holy. It's a practical thing, holiness. And so I want to look a little bit at that this morning. 1 Peter 1 picks up on this whole theme about holiness and being holy. Peter writes to these churches, and I'll just pick up from verse 1. says this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. Doesn't that sound familiar? God the Father knew you. And chose you long ago and his spirit has made you holy so his spirit has come the Holy Spirit when you give your life to God Holy Spirit comes and he sets you apart he says I don't want you in this world system anymore I don't want you to live in this world system anymore like like the world I want you to be different I'm gonna set you apart and so the Holy Spirit does and he sets you apart as a result you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ so then we pick it up now in verse 14 of chapter 1. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You don't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything. You must be different to the world system and to the, and the thinking and the acting of the world in everything. You do. Just as God chose you to be like He's chosen you to be holy. For the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. You see, God is so different to you and to me. He thinks differently. He acts differently. In essence, he is uniquely different to you the way you are and the way I am. And that's what makes him holy and set apart from us because he's God. And God is asking for you and for me to be the same in this world that we live in. The interesting thing that I want to pick up a little bit about today is that when you look at 1 Peter, Peter's referring back to the Old Testament. He's referring back to God's instruction to the nation of Israel. You see God chose Israel just like he's chosen you. He chose Israel and one of the things he wanted Israel to do was to be a holy nation, a people that are set apart from the other nations. So he wanted them to act differently and be different to all the other nations. And he was calling them to be holy and different because he is holy and different. Let's read together in Leviticus 11:44. For I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourself and be holy because I am holy. So do not defile yourself with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. In Leviticus 19, verse 2, God uh, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus 20, 26, You must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. I have set you apart from all the other people to be my very own. Let me read that one again. This is him saying to the nation of Israel, I want you to notice it's exactly the same thing that, that Paul is writing to Ephesians, that Paul is writing to you and to me as New Testament believers. You must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. I have set you apart from all the other people. To be my very own and so when we look at holiness and as we try to apply what holiness means and when when God says to you be holy because I am holy what does that mean for you what does it look like does it mean that you must go into more quiet times does it mean that you must meditate more on the scripture what does it mean and so to understand what it means we have to go back to the Old Testament Because we need to understand what God meant when he spoke to the nation of Israel and said, you be holy because I'm holy. Because Peter pulls that exactly same theme to you and to me today as New Testament believers that in our culture, in our world, we are set apart to be holy and different to this world system. And so the first thing we, we, we start to see is that what God did was he gave them laws and regulations I looked at Deuteronomy and I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 4 verses 5 to 8. God speaking to the nation of Israel before they go into the promised land. So they're going to integrate now with all these other nations. He says, look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations. Just as the Lord my God command me, so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely. And you will display your wisdom, intelligence among the surrounding nations. You see what what uh, Moses is writing there, he's saying to them, God's given you a set of rules, God's given you a set of laws, God's given you a set of regulations. You know, and it's these rules and it's these regulations, these laws that actually set you apart from all the other nations. You see, it's these rules and these laws that make you different. And some of the examples where they were different is that that the law told them that they serve God and God alone. They were A a people that had one God. All the other nations had multiple gods. You see, they were set apart and different because they had one God. They were set apart and different because they they had different laws that that led a different behavior and a different thinking. For example, they had a very different work ethic. You know that the Bible tells us that one of the laws was when they had to um, harvest their fields. Whatever was left over, whatever fell out I'm not too sure how they did it, but but whatever fell out, they weren't allowed to pick up because all that was supposed to be left for poor the poor who would pass the fields and would have something to eat. Very different to the nations around them. They, they were to lend money to each other freely without giving interest. They were to have one wife. Well, they were supposed to marry and only have sex with their husband or their wife after they'd been married. That they would always take a Sabbath which made them so different to the other nations. And as you unpack all these rules and all these regulations, you start to see this picture that it was the rules and the regulations that defined the difference that they were. And that's what made them different. And that takes me to the second point here around the holiness of the nation of Israel. Is that who defined what the difference was? Was God who defined the difference? God defined what different looked like through His law. When we start to look at this today, as New Testament believers, as Peter teaches us that we should be holy because God is holy, I think God is saying exactly the same thing to you and to me today. That He wants us to be different to the, our culture and to our world. And that difference is defined by Him. Today we have the Word of God, today we have this, this book. That is a, a, a manual and an instruction on how we live our lives. And when we live this, we are going to live different and think different and act different to the world around us. And it's that difference that is going to make us holy. It's that difference that's going to make us set us apart from the rest of the world. You see, you and I have a challenge today. Not to be like the world, but be different to the world. And that's the most important thing around this, this topic. Because so many people just want to interpret the word to suit their culture. I don't think that's the, the intention. Because that brings, that brings similarity. That means that you're trying to assimilate into your world system the things of God. I think it's the other way around. That God has called you and to me to take this word. To understand it. And to live it out even if it is totally radically different to the world system around you. Because that's what holiness is. I want to say to you today that this is such an important truth. I'll tell you why it's so important. Because it's the difference that makes people see Jesus. You see one of the things in Deuteronomy that that, uh, Moses writes. He says this in verse 7 of chapter 4. These people who now see the nation of Israel and see how different they are and how wise they are and how intelligent they are because of what they do and think based on the law. In verse 7, Moses says, for they are going to say, these other nations, for what a great nation has a God as near as them, as the Lord our God is near to us, wherever we call on him. What a great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair." As this body of instruction that I'm giving you today. You see, the point here is that when they followed the law, they were different to the other nations. That made them holy. And it was the difference that made God speak, that helped the other nations to see who God was. It was the difference that brought the light. It was the difference that brought the salt. It was the difference that revealed Jesus and God into their circumstances, into their lives, and into their situations. So the other nations were attracted not by the similarities but by the differences that there were. I want to say to you today that one of our biggest challenges as God's church and as God's people is that we seem to at times think that if we become more like the world and we assimilate more to the world that they're gonna see we're just normal and that's gonna attract them to Jesus I don't think that's what the Bible teaches I think that the Bible teaches us that holiness attracts people to Jesus I want to give you a, 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 a picture you know if there's a dark room And you want that dark room to light up, but you're going to take your light and you're going to make it not as dark because you want it to assimilate to the dark. You know what? You're going to go into that room and light will never come in. But if you come with a different light, where it's darkness and you bring light, which is different, it's opposite to the darkness. The minute you bring light in, there's light. And you see, I think that's what we do. And that's what the church sometimes does. Is that we dim our lights because we want the darkness to th- think that we're we just, we just normal, just like them. We're just different because we have Jesus. No, we are light and we are salt. We are totally different in the way we think and the act and the things we do. And so I want to say to you today, if you want to live a life where you are light and you're salt and you're making an impact into people's life, you need to be Holy. And I know that when I say that, you might go, oh, that's so scary. What does that mean? Do I have to now just go and read my Bible and pray the whole day and just do No. To be holy is to live the word. Let me give you some examples. I often get asked when I'm out socially, do you drink? I see you're not drinking. And I'd say to them, I don't drink. Why don't you drink? It's not a sin to drink. No, it's not a sin to drink. I to get drunk, but not to drink. But I choose not to drink. You know why I choose not to drink? Because it's so far and different from the culture that I live in that every time I get into a social place, somebody asks me, and every time that happens, I have an opportunity to, to be light and say to them, I love Jesus Christ, and I do it because He's my God. And so in that moment when I made that choice to rather live holy in, in my culture, light comes immediately, salt comes immediately, and I can have an impact. Let me give you another example. Maybe you... you with your bunch of friends, girls or, boys or whatever, and you're not married yet and you're dating someone and, and your friends aren't saved. And they're saying, well, have you slept together yet? And you turn around and say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm only going to sleep with my wife. Or I'm only going to sleep with my husband. I'm not going to sleep with anybody before then. And they may look at you and say, oh, that's just so terrible. What are you thinking? You're such a prune, whatever the, the case may be. But the moment you make that decision, the moment you decide to be holy because that's what the word of God says. Let me tell you what comes into that situation. Light salt impact and that gives you the opportunity when people say but why man i love jesus man because jesus changed my life man because when i decided to serve jesus everything changed and i want to say to you man you can serve jesus i think a lot of times in business you know you go to somebody and it's happened to me before and um, they say to me listen i'll pay you cash so you don't have to put it through through for that turn around and say to them no no I am going to give you an invoice and I am going to pay the vet because that's the right thing to do. No, you're crazy, man. Why would you do that? Because I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And the Bible tells me that I must give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and so I honor God with my business. You see, when I do that, light comes, salt comes, impact comes. You see, if I had to say, you're a great idea, let me do that. I'm just like him. There's no light. There's no salt. There's no impact. When I say to my friends, No, well, God will forgive me for living with my boyfriend or girlfriend. God will forgive me for, for uh, sleeping with him. Guess what happens? I'm not different. I'm similar. I'm not holy. I'm just like the world. There's no salt. And there's no light. And there's no impact. So I want to challenge you today. Wherever you are today watching, God has called you and chosen you before the beginning of time to make a difference in in this world for him. One of the ways you can make a difference for him is to be holy. And holiness is not this major spiritual thing. Holiness is practical. Holiness is when I decide I'm not going to live like the world anymore, think like the world anymore. I've been set apart by the Spirit of God and I'm going to live differently. I'm going to think differently and my difference is going to be defined, not by my friends, not by the books I read, but by the word of God, that is going to define what difference looks like for me in my home, in my family, in my workplace, in my varsity, in my school. I want to close off today by saying to you, don't be deceived to think that being similar is ever going to be salt and light. I think holiness. Brings salt and light. Holiness brings impact through your life and through my life. And God has chosen you. God has chosen you because He loves you. Let me tell you that again. Before the beginning of time, God chose you to love you, to make you His special treasured possession, so that you can belong to Him, and to give you purpose. And one of the purposes, today's purpose, is that He set you apart to be holy. He set you apart to be different. He set you apart because it's your holiness and your difference It's going to be salt and light. It's going to be an impact so people can see Jesus through your life. I want to close by saying to you this is what happened. Before the beginning of time, God stood there and he had everything line up. He said, I was, I'm going to make wonders of this world. I'm going to make the power of nature. I'm going to make the beauty of this world. I'm going to make beasts that are so strong and powerful gonna make beasts that are beautiful. I'm gonna make man. And you know what when I, he scanned this wall and he began to look at it. He looked at man, he looked at you, He looked at me and he said I choose you. I choose you because I choose you because I want to love you. I choose you because I want to, you to belong to me. And I choose you because you are gonna make an impact. You're gonna change the world and you're gonna be different because of me that's your call and that's your purpose today i want to encourage you today be different be holy in jesus name let's pray together father as we close off the sermon i pray for every person that's watching i pray lord holy spirit i just reminded now that as as the sermon was going people may have been thinking we've been thinking about our own lives and the areas of our own lives that are maybe not different but are similar to the world. So Holy Spirit, I pray even now as I, as we pray to you that you would show us the areas of our lives where we are dif- not different but similar. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to be different. I pray, Lord, that we'll take your word and let that, your word define what different looks like. I pray, Father, that we will be men and women and children who bring salt and light into this world and make you famous because of Holiness, because of the difference that you've called us to live in this world. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a fantastic week.